Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Papaya Podcast. I'm your hostess, Tran Hermostis, Sarah Nicole, and each week I'm going to be dishing out some sweetness mixed in with some seeds of wisdom or something like that. So get ready to get inspired, get candid, get real, because we are all in this digital space together. Uh, yeah, that's our intro today because today's guest is Melissa Ong, who is known for her music, her comedy, her TikTok, her Instagram. She is quite a story and I don't even know all of it. But if you Google her, you will immediately say, oh my gosh, where has she been? Melissa Ong is known as Chunky's Dead on TikTok and Instagram. She's on our show today to talk about her massive change in in career, to talk about big clit energy and everything to go with it. It's a movement, y'all. It's a movement. It's a camouflage. It is everything. I can't wait for you to be introduced to Melissa if you're just hearing her for the first time or to sort of get into the goods if you already know and already are obsessed like I am. Enjoy today's show. I apologize to everybody that before I hit record, we went down masturbation addiction and sunbathing your asshole. Like, I'm so sad that we missed that, but oh, we'll at revisit least- it. We will revisit it. No, but sunbathing an asshole is a, is a true thing that happens. Some people do it, but we were just saying like, you were like, it's obviously bullshit, but imagine it actually was amazing. And now you, you start your days and you're like, well, this is who I am now. And I also just love that even if it's bullshit, like I have a piercing that's supposedly be good for like migraines. And I don't think it's real. I don't think it actually works, but I think that I bought into the idea that it does. And that's what worked for me for no, like a long time. Real medicine. No placebo is a real medicine. Like yeah. if you give me like a little bump of powder, depending on what it is, if you just tell me what I am supposed to think it is, I will probably channel that feeling in my body. Like if you give me baking soda and you're like, yeah, this is fentanyl. I'm like, yeah, I'll probably still die from this. Don't worry. Like the, the effect of the drug is still very potent regardless. But no, but we were talking about like, I have a very addictive personality and so like 
um, you know, in LA, there are all these sort of bullshit health trends, like astrology. No, but like, but there's this weird thing where it does kind of work though. Like there's this, I, I forgot, I was reading the comments on TikTok where astrology is bullshit, but it's real. Uh, as it, as in like, yeah, there is some truth to it, not necessarily in the stars, but in that like, oh yeah, like, you know, people's personalities are highly predictable probably by environmental things such as where you were born. Like there's a little bit of truth in, and maybe that, but anyway. And but also if you tell me I'm stubborn because I'm a Capricorn, that will make me more stubborn. Like it is a little bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy when we talk about like, the t- and I never, re- like I grew up in an environment where like we didn't really ever look at our horoscopes or, and now it's like so mainstream. So you kind of like get into it at some points. And I, at one point argued my entire one, I was like, well, I was due on this date. I think I was born at the wrong time. And then people are like, well, where is your sun and where's your moon? And I'm like, I don't know. So then I was like, where's my sun and where's my moon? This explains everything about me. Sometimes we just need something to cling to. No, no, totally, totally. Because it provides a framework for you to think about your already existing traits. Like, and yeah. I'm sure that like, if I, like I'm a Gemini, but if I were born like a fucking, I don't know, a Taurus or whatever, and people were telling me Taurus traits my whole life, I would probably be like, yeah, like kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy in the way. Like there's all these different personality things. There's like the Myers-Briggs. It's like the four letter one where you're like, mm-hmm. I'm an ESFP. And then I, like I did mine once. Actually, no, I took a deep personality test once that basically reduced me to like, hey, you are no better than this prehistoric amoeba that moves towards light and away from darkness. Like, it's like, it can only do two things. And I was like, I mean, that is kind of me as a person. I move towards pleasure and away from pain. Like, I don't really have deep reasons for doing things. I'm simply like, do what feels good. Do not what feels bad. Yeah. Um, No, but like, but like you said, I think, yeah, there's all these like weird bullshit health trends in LA, such as pointing your bare asshole to the sunlight, which me and my two best friends did do on drugs once. Like it just made my asshole sweaty, but like, I'm, but it was the first time my asshole probably saw that amount of sunlight. And I'd like to think that, you know, afterwards, like I, I'm a better person after that. Like all the bad shit that I did prior to that moment was, was cleansed. Like that was mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was my like religious, like moment or whatever the holy asshole moment. Oh my gosh. Melissa, let's take it back for a second because I, okay, so you came out with the clitoral hoodie. I didn't even know anything going on. I was so late to TikTok. I wasn't, I was on TikTok to babysit my children on TikTok. And then everyone's tagging me in this video. You're like, you need to have this. Cause I have like a weird little obsession with boobs and vaginas. I just think they're magnificent and lovely. And I think all, they're amazing. And I think that we have like literal, like flesh flowers on our bodies. And we were like built, we built so much shame around them. And I just think they're so amazing. I've done like a vulva print on a bathing suit before we've done all of these different things around vaginas. And people always joke because papayas look like vaginas. And I've been fighting for that emoji for a while. Everyone says it's not going to happen because everyone's going to use it, but then the men have an eggplant. So, or penis wearers have a penis owners have an eggplant. So I just feel like yeah, it's not what's fair. What's our emoji? Like whenever I, because whenever our emoji? I an energy thing, I'm like, okay, where's our emoji? Like, do I have to do like cat emoji with flower? But I don't like that. I no. want that's the nice thing, you know? But I Googled it once. And do you know that one that's like sort of like a sushi one and it's like white with a pink swirl? I'm like, this is why men don't know where it is because oh they God. think it's like the swirl dot. Obviously they're going to Anyways, it's yeah, a whole thing. But I found you because everyone was tagging me in this damn sweater. And I was like, who is this person? 
person. And I was like, wait a second, you wrote a song called Big Lit Energy? And then I just, every video that you were posting, your comedic timing is like nothing else I've seen. The craft oh of video God. comedic timing is so amazing. I like floors me every time. The way that you move through spaces being like, I remember this one post you did where you went to like an event and you're like, make everything about you. And I was just like, nobody, <laughs> nobody owns this type of energy. We're all like, am I allowed to be here? Am I this or that? But, and then you did one recently that I shared and everyone was dying over and just like making jokes about what gaslighting is and being gaslit for what gaslighting is. You just create such like actual meaningful content somehow within the realm of also like you're doing like body liberation, like feminist shit within the realm of also comedy and like humor and all of these different things on social media. So how did that even, I quickly Googled you. I try not to, I try not to Google people, but I was a little bit shocked about what I found. So uh, we need to rewind and I need to know how the hell, like, when did this happen? Where did this happen? Because I was just like, this girl has clitoral hoodies. I'm, I'm in like, click, click the follow on everything I'm in. Uh, I love you so much. Like, first of all, can I just say, I feel literally more seen than I have been by any man I've ever dated for a long period of time. I literally feel so seen and so appreciated. Thank you so much. Because I think like a lot of people actually don't get my jokes because I think most people in the world are not that smart, unfortunately. Mm. And I know this for a fact because I watch a lot of reality TV and also I used to work for Google. But anyway, so uh, sort of quick backstory on me. So I'm 29. So I'm a millennial. Ew, bro. Uh, I know, me too. I'm an elder millennial. I'm the worst of it. I'm the grandpa (laughs) of the millennials. But look at us. We're so hot. I know. We're doing it. We're doing yeah, it. I, I, I kind of was like, and this will, this will really, but like earlier in life, I thought it was more important to be smart than to be hot. And now I'm kind you know, now I'm wise enough to know that it was, I was wrong. It was the latter the whole time. But anyway, <laughs> um, so like I kind of grew up, the reason why I said I was a millennial was because I, I still grew up in the generation where I think not that racism and sexism isn't rampant now, but it was just much less. Um, at the time, because, you know, I went to school in like, you know, the 90s, 2000s. And then I think a lot of Gen Z was, you know, born in this time of like social media and internet. And so they're growing up with a lot more empowering messages around race and gender and sexuality than I think people from our generation are used to. So I think, so me growing up, I was still growing up with all these messages about how women should be. And I'm Asian American. So also about how Asian women should be like, you know, my parents were immigrants and like very conservative American culture around, you know, how women should be or whatever. I think it was just like that, that double impact. So I grew up with all these messages of like, oh, women should be quiet, submissive, all of, and like, you know, that you're like everything around your vagina was like this painful thing. Like it wasn't even, I didn't even know women could orgasm until I was 18. Like, that's just how like, sheltered and like that's just how the messaging was in yeah. the upbringing that I had where I, you know I went to like I had a conservative upbringing went to a conservative school and and I remember growing up I would always get so horny watching cartoons like I remember being like five years old I saw Lion King and that scene Lion King Nala are like rolling over each other that sex scene and as a little kid I was like I'm so fucking horny I didn't know what that feeling was though and I was yeah. the horniest kid but I had no way to relieve it so I would like I would dry hump shit so like I had all these stuffed animals I would be like dry humping while watching fucking Mary Kate and Ashley and this is my real story and like I don't think my parents ever caught me but I, I think that like I remember like hearing my mom say it's like oh it's good that's at least she's not you know playing with her vagina when I was like 10 I didn't know what it was but literally I would watch 
you know, I'd, I'd watch like Teen Titans and like all this and like Digimon. And I remember being like 10 years old and like looking at this shit and be like, when are they going to fuck? I just want them to fuck. Like, when are these characters going to fuck? And like, I just had no way of like expressing my sexual, you know, desires as a kid. And I, and, and I was, and I just didn't know what the feeling was. And I was also afraid, like, because I, I was extremely afraid in high school, especially to touch my vagina because I, you know, you just hear, like, I was taught that like, oh, you know, sex is this thing that's not enjoyable for women. It's a thing that boys take from you and you have to be careful not to get raped and all this shit and, and, and just all these like terrible, yeah. messages, you know, and then not so- to mention we freaking bleed out of them. And so then it's like something you're tending to. We just never had a great, ex- we never, I don't think any of us got like a really great introduction to our vaginas. And I also have to tell you just as now we're in a confessional, my very first sex toy I, t- I tell people was a Tickle Me Ernie because Tickle Me Elmo was sold out. Uh-huh. Uh, but Tickle Me Ernie, you could just take the little pack out of the inside of him and he just laughed away. And it was, yeah. Uh, no, yeah. no, no, that's amazing. We I all have those moments. No, I always tell people like, you know, if you don't have, like, I think in the past I had a, like a, I'm in sixth grade. I think I had like Nokia flip phone or just one of the, it was like a Nokia or, or something. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. Motorola Razor. Yeah. <laughs> really? no, it was- yeah. And like electric toothbrushes, I was just sort of like, like, I remember like being in school and my phone would vibrate like close to my vagina. And I was like, this feels good, but I don't feel like I'm supposed to be feeling this in math right now. Do you remember when like the Venus razor came out with like a vibrating razor handle? And I remember just being like you, this privileged generation and they don't even know, they don't even know what we went through. No, literally. And like, and I was just like, you know, I think I am the only one or at least when I was a kid, I was, I thought I was the only one doing the shower head thing. I was just oh. sort of like, I was just sort of like, yeah, man, like, uh, this is a good shit. Like that was it. like, like in high school, I would like shove the shower head in my vagina and listen to like Skrillex. And I'd be like, yeah, this is, you know, but and you then, still didn't know what an orgasm was until you're, we're 18. Oh my God. Yeah. Because, okay. Like everybody, you know, orgasms in a different, in a different way. And yeah. so, orgasm this is sh- like I cannot even believe I'm about to say this out loud but my first no, orgasm was actually from a boy which is all <gasps> I know I lucked out so basically what happened was in high school I was dating this guy who like went to a different school obviously and like we we were kind of each other's like first like we were both very innocent both very conservative we actually met at summer camp and then at summer camp we just started we were just like should we experiment like and then I'm not even kidding he like went down on me and I had, and I felt so good. And I was like, I had all this pent up, you know, horniness. And I, and then I literally had an orgasm within like, I don't know, like maybe like 30 seconds of him going down on me. And then that unlocked my brain. I was like, what the fuck was that? Should we do it again? And then actually funny story. So, you know, we both went to different schools. I went to school in like the Northern Bay area. He went to school in the Southern Bay area and it didn't click for me because I I thought that I needed his tongue to orgasm. Like I didn't realize I could do it myself with like my hands or something like that. occurred. Oh. So I kept meeting up with him so that he could keep going down on me. And so, but it was this funny thing where, you know, we both went to different schools we had very conservative parents so we would meet in the middle at the Westfield shopping mall in San Francisco so like literally like he would take Caltrain up I would take Bart up and then we would literally go sneak into the Bloomingdale's changing room at Westfield mall and he would go down on me there every weekend I'm not even kidding like literally I had so many orgasms in the changing room of of like the Bloomingdale's mall or the Bloomingdale's (laughs) Store and went and because like and because it was so crazy right and I remember being in class being like man I can't wait to take Bart to San Francisco again this Saturday. If so- I ever see you get an ad campaign with Bloomingdale's, I'm gonna be 
freaking roaring. Oh my that God. <laughs> one time. Oh my God. And, and like, and I think in, cause in, then I just had this like addiction. I was like, holy shit, I'm addicted to orgasms. Like no shit. Right. So then it was this thing where then I just started chasing this feeling. So when I got to college the next year, I was just, I was just like, literally, I was like a menace. I like every single guy I knew I was just like, okay, go down or put your finger. Down. And then I would literally like come and like, in like 10 seconds, I would just kidnap, not kidnap, obviously it was all consensual. Then they were stoked. And I, and I would just like, and then, and then leave. And then it occurred. And then, then it occurred to me. So then I started dating this other guy where like, he was giving me like orgasms too, like through his fingers and stuff. And then like freshman year of college. So this is when I learned to masturbate freshman year of college. Then like my uh, the different guy I was dating at the time, like he went on vacation. I went on vacation with our respective families. And then I, and then I don't even know why it just occurred to me, but like, while I was like, in this hotel room by myself, all my family was out in Taiwan. I was like, maybe I should try that thing that I've been telling guys to do. And I literally like had my first masturbation orgasm at age 18 in this like weird hotel by myself that my family had rented for like a family vacation, but they weren't there. And then I was like, oh my God, I unlocked a superpower. And then I got hyper addicted to masturbating after I realized I could do it myself to the point where I was like leaving parties. I was ditching class. Like I was a fiend. Like I would do anything just to like, just to go back to my room and masturbate. And at the time in college, I still had roommates and shit. So I would, I was so stealth. Like, I'm not even kidding. Like I have like masturbated with like, I, I hate to say this on the podcast, but I've masturbated <laughs> in the same room as my family sleeping. Like I've masturbated at like huge sleepovers with like a ton of people. And I'm just like hiding under the thing. Like, like I, when I would like visit my friends at different colleges, we'd have to like share a bunk bed. It was like a challenge for me to like, see if I could like rub one out while they were like asleep with me in like the twin bed. And, and I would do it successfully. And maybe some people like and then, and then, and then this one time I got caught, it was like really bad, but you know, I'm kind of ranting right now. We can get there if we want. All right, let's take a pause and talk about Frank Body. If you followed me on Instagram for a while, you know that I love this brand and I'm going to tell you exactly why. I started using Frank Body years ago and I've scrubbed my way through over a dozen bottles of original face scrub with the help of my husband who constantly steals it to use it for himself, which I guess if I want him to care about his skin is maybe a good thing. I hate cakey makeup and that bunches up and gets onto your skin, especially when it's dry, which is why I use the original face scrub to get slick, smooth skin and makeup that lasts all day. It's so funny. We get so hyper-focused on maybe my foundation doesn't work, or maybe I need a different um, primer, all of these different things. The reality is that if you have an incredible foundation being your skin, your foundation is going to sit way smoother on your skin. And that's what keeps me coming back. But Frank Body is also an empowering brand. They love to celebrate all bodies and bring fun into the bathroom. I really align with their brand values. And that's one of the main reasons I'm talking to you about them right now. They are also women-founded, Australian-made with clean ingredients and has a super cheeky branding. Wait till you get a package deliver and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. They are amazing. Another one of my favorite products is the Brightening Vitamin C Mask. It's the ultimate multitasker, which any busy mom can super appreciate. It not only brightens, but also clears out pores and firms the skin. You just put it on for five minutes before date night, and trust me, you will be glowing. And why am I telling you all of this? Well, because I actually have a discount code for you. You can get my two favorite products, the original face scrub and the brightening vitamin C mask for under $50 when you use code papaya at checkout. 
plus free shipping in Canada. That is such a good deal. If you're looking to get savings store-wide, you can get 15% off store-wide, stock up on your faves and use code papaya at frankbody.com. One more time, that's code papaya at frankbody.com. I got away from subscribing to cable channels about half a decade ago. It was expensive. I wasn't into it anymore. So I am now a streaming girl. And the number one TV streaming platform in Canada, well, it's Roku. That's right. Roku is now the number one TV streaming platform in Canada with more Canadians looking to cut the cord from their cable channels and get access to tons of free entertainment along with their favorite streaming services like Netflix, Disney Plus, Crave, Apple TV, Prime Video, plus Roku streaming devices are perfect for anybody who loves TV. It's also your go-to streaming device. With Roku's newest streaming player, the Streaming Stick 4K, it's faster and more powerful than ever. It gives you access to a massive selection for free, live and premium TV, including Emmy-winning Roku originals like the highly anticipated Weird, which is a Weird Al Yankovic biopic starring Daniel Radcliffe. Fun fact, I actually just got tickets to go see Weird Al in concert this summer, so this makes me extra excited. You can also stream lots of free shows and movies on the Roku channel, and everything is housed conveniently on your Roku device. Now, this is where you gotta pay attention. That Roku device can become your best travel companion. If you're looking to travel this summer or spend time at the cottage, you can take full advantage of Roku's portability. You could have the Roku streaming stick 4K almost anywhere, including hotels and Airbnbs. All you need is a Wi-Fi connection and you'll get instant access to all your favorite TV shows and movies. Plus, it's a great way to occupy the kids while you're away. The Roku Streaming Stick 4K is available at participating retailers. Visit bestbuy.ca to purchase the Roku Streaming Stick 4K. That's the one I have. That's the one we're using, and we love it. Okay, hold on. This is all leading into who you are today. So I think it all makes so much sense. But bring us to how you ended up getting in a career in tech. Was that just like something that your parents had wanted for you? Is that something that you thought you were going to do? Because you worked at, you know, the the hub. You worked at Google. Like this is... I worked at Google and I fucking hated it. I'll, I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. I, okay, so going back from my masturbation addiction, let's go dialing it back from this, from this, like, you were like, we have 30 minutes. And I spent 29 of it talking about how I got addicted to masturbating in college. <laughs> but anyway, so I, so again, like I kind of grew up with like, uh, as like a, I don't know how to, like an average American, right. Where mm-hmm. uh, I think I had kind of the typical, like my parents are immigrants. I grew up like uh, as a child, I grew up very poor and so it was it became very clear to me early on that being poor sucked and I was like oh being poor sucks I don't want to be poor and then at the time you know because I grew up a millennial with the economy and like the way that I mean I don't know the economy's always like fucked up but you know the messages that were taught to me as were like oh like you know you shouldn't pursue your passion of art like you need to do something that's stable so that you don't die in the capitalist dystopia that we live in especially as a woman and a person of color you're already at a disadvantage you know like it was very 
like it was very clear to me it was just like yeah like you know you're a person who's disempowered because apparently that's what I believed when people were telling me that uh yeah directly or indirectly through you know words or racism or sexism and so I kind of grew up very fearful and I think a lot of millennials who are kind of in my like group of millennials feel this way so I kind of was just like yep I need to go to a good college I need to get a good job because that's the only way I'll survive like chase pursuing my dreams or my passions is totally off the table. And so, and yeah, and I, and I was like scared and not confident. And I think this also leads to like, like it's, it's still related to like my confidence as a, as a woman also, it was just like my confidence in myself totally. Right. So, so I don't think my, you know, my previous career path is like, I think it's all kind of intertwined with like how I'm this like confident clitoral monster now, but but, but basically, you know, I went to Berkeley, I studied cognitive science and then, and specifically I focused in computer science and neuroscience, not because I was like, I'm so smart. I'm going to do all these hard sciences because I love them. I literally, I literally got to college and was like, cool. So if I want to make money and survive, I can either be like a doctor, lawyer, engineer, just like those typical like high yeah. jobs. And then, so I literally was like, cool doctor. Absolutely. Can't do that. That's going to take fucking forever. Cause of med school business, my brain doesn't work that way. Like mm. brain, like business. Like I was like, I don't get that shit. And then, so literally the only option that I could think of at the time was computer science, because although I hated it, it was the only thing of the things that, that I could do. And so, you know, graduated. And then I worked as a, you know, as a tech person in all of the places you can imagine. So, uh, in college, I interned for like Adobe and Cisco uh, and Yahoo. And then I went off to work for like Yahoo, like fantasy sports, Tumblr, HuffPost, et cetera, et cetera, ultimately at Google. And so, you know, every year of working in tech, I actually hated it. I just didn't want to admit to myself that I hated it. Yeah, Um, It was just kind of a, like every year, it just kept feeling worse inside my body. And then finally I kept like, you know, I knew that I hated it and I couldn't face the reality inside me, which was that I was selling myself short, that I wasn't pursuing my actual dreams of being an entertainer or comedian. I I actually didn't even, I wasn't even saying that to myself. I didn't even think it was an option for me. Mm. I, I literally did not think that doing what I'm doing now, which is like what I've dream, what I've been dreaming of doing was even an option because I didn't have, I, I honestly just didn't have the confidence. And I think all of that ties into, well, I think my, and I think all of that ties into like, you know, what I was led to believe about myself as like a woman and like a minority, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And then I told myself, like, Google to me was always the safe path. It was the safe way out. It's like, hey, it, it's like staying in a relationship that's comfortable, not because you like actually want to be in it. Right. Cause yeah. So I, I thought like, you know, if I can just get into Google, like I will finally like this life, right? Like I will finally be, be, like, like this safe path that I have chosen. Cause there's no way I can do the confident thing, which is what I really love. Cause that would be crazy. I have to do this safe thing. Otherwise I'll be poor and die. And then got to Google. And then I literally like, people are like, how did you get the courage to leave? And I was like, oh, I had a mental breakdown actually. And yeah, no. So I got there. I was so, and I was just so unhappy. And I just had this like whole breakdown of like, fuck, like I can't, I literally got to Google and I was like, I can't do this anymore. And then, and I, and I had kind of a, I, have 20, I was 26 at the time. I had like a quarter life crisis. I was like, wait, but like, I went to school for this. This is what I've been doing for the last like four or five years. Like, fuck, like, and, and then I was like, oh my God, like I'm literally faced with a decision of whether or not to do this or actually stop, you know, being so afraid and pursue my 
actual dreams. And so, so then like literally my mental breakdown, I was just like, I'm quitting like, fuck this. Like I, I was, was there overlap. Like, were you already on social at this point? Or was this like, just like you quit and then it went right to that. Yeah. So, oh my so, gosh. Yeah, so, so I had, so I quit uh, Google January of 2020 and I had downloaded TikTok like November of 2019, but I wasn't, I'd only had a few videos at the time. I was just sort of mm. like, I was just kind of like fucking around. I wasn't like, you know, I think there's this misconception of like, oh, I built a following while I was at Google and then I quit. And then, and then I was like, oh no, like, I wish I were that, you know, mentally able, but I was so miserable at Google that I just did not have the energy to like even do that stuff. And then, so literally the timing all kind of worked out. So I quit Google January of 2020. That was happened to be right before the pandemic. And, you know, I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to get internet famous. Like I literally just had a fuck it moment. And I was like, fuck it. Like, so then I downloaded TikTok and then from January of 2020 to May of 2020, I literally would make anywhere from three to 30 videos every day. I just, just on like an, I was just on like an adrenaline, like I'm taking control over my own life. Fuck it. Like I literally <laughs> just had like a fuck it moment, you know, because yeah. I was like, I was like, fuck this I've been doing what I've hated for eight years because at that point it's been eight years I was like I've been doing what I hated for eight years I'm just gonna do whatever the fuck I want now who cares and so then I downloaded TikTok and I just started you know making jokes like I was just like yeah fuck it I was like yeah sex drugs and violence jokes fuck it and then I yeah and then I got my first million followers just from like posting every fucking day like a maniac and then as this journey so from 2020 to now I think like what's you know relevant for this podcast is I had this whole like confidence empowerment journey because you know I I wasn't like I quit Google I'm like a confident sexual like I think for a very long time like the first year of me doing content it was in the pandemic I was honestly still like very even though I had all this external success I lacked so much confidence I still Mm. felt you know like I wasn't enough like I felt like I wasn't you know attractive enough or I wasn't smart enough or like I didn't look or, or whatever and and it wasn't through the process. And then it was almost like, you know, you have to like do it to, to believe. And then I think, and then once I started, uh, I, I moved to LA from, from New York. And then once I started kind of like going out and seeing like, and like getting to do all these things that I never even dreamed were possible for me. Like, uh, for example, like I just, uh, like, I just did these three Old Spice commercials co-starring with Kevin Hart. And that was my very first, no! and that was my very first acting thing ever. Like yeah. I've never before and they were like yeah that's your first one and and then and now I have these three like amazing skits out with like Kevin Hart and Old Spice and this this is not to like plug that but but it was more no, like I'm stoked I for you being, I started being like validated by all of these you know artists who I've really like loved and respected my whole life and like that sort of success and external validation helped me believe that I was good enough and then it also helped me realize I was like oh maybe actually I was always you know, good enough or, or whatever. And, you know, sexuality, like sexuality has always been a huge part of my personality ever since I got addicted to masturbating when I was 18. Um, As we went through. (laughs) I also just feel so like, um, obviously I'm like, I'm just, I'm just very passionate about this because I think there's so much bad sex out there. And I think it's Mm not, I don't think it's just about the sex, right? It's about like women, like, Fight, not fighting against the patriarchy. I mean, yes, fighting against the patriarchy, but fighting against the internalized patriarchy in their own mind. Where like, where like, you know, for example, I'm like, what's an example of small clit energy? Like, small clit energy to me is like, 
letting men talk over you in a meeting or like saying sorry before you ask a question or just li not like little or big things where it's like, oh, you consciously or subconsciously perceive your self-worth and the value that you bring to others versus like, like I always tell my girlfriends and I'm just sort of like, think about what a mediocre white man would do in this situation. Think about one of those shitty mediocre white men who like goes to you, what would they do in this situation? Exactly, exactly. They wouldn't be thinking about your feelings the way that you're thinking about it. They wouldn't be scared to like ask someone to move over on the train because they feel like they shouldn't take up space or whatever. And so, yeah, and my friend Vivian King calls that what would Chad do? She has like merch and it's like, what would Chad do? And she was like, you need to look the way that you write emails, the way that you behave in your business, like what would Chad do? I'm somebody who struggles with drinking water. I know that's been a theme of conversation over the years on this podcast, but it's genuinely something I struggle with. I'm not very good at staying away from caffeinated drinks over just drinking water. So when I find ways that work for me, I will cling to them. Hydrojug is what has been the game changer for me. I found that I actually really enjoy drinking water from a straw. I also love if it's convenient to take along. I also just care that it's cute to be served to me in. These are all things that have added up to me being way more hydrated than I ever have been in my entire life. And while I have been such a fan of the 73 ounce capacity OG Hydro Jug, the Pro, which helps me hydrate more without refilling so much. And it has this really amazing built-in handle, a thicker carrier loop. It is shatterproof. It's BPA-free. It's all the things you want and love. Then there's also my son's favorite, which is the glass one, and my daughter's favorite, which is the stainless steel one. There's one that's a gallon if you actually are looking for even more hydration and convenience throughout the day. And our new little favorite, the mini hydro jug, which is a perfect size to take anywhere. It's also been great for my toddler who loves sipping out of mommy's drinks. And now I have one for her as well. And again, they're BPA free and top rack dishwasher safe. Get your hydro jug at thehydrojug.com and use discount code papaya to get 10% off your order today. Hydro jugs are game changers for anyone on the go. So use code papaya at the hydrojug.com to get 10% off today and start hydrating. I always get asked about hydrojugs and whenever I share them in my Instagram stories, and now's the time to kind of stock up, give it a try, especially that mini one. If you have kids, it is amazing how much more water they will be drinking and not reaching for much else, which is so ideal in the hot summer days. So one more time, that's thehydrojug.com, 10% off with code papaya. What's up, everyone? I'm Kristen Cavallari. And I'm Stephen Coletti. We're so excited to announce Dear Media's new podcast, Back to the Beach with Kristen and Stephen, where we'll revisit all of your favorite episodes of Laguna Beach, The Real Orange County, and unveil behind-the-scenes secrets, tea, and all sorts of new insight into this groundbreaking show. So join us every Tuesday starting July 19th. Available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm already feeling nostalgic. Thank you. 
And I, but I think that it's so important. And like you said, I, you're the first person I've ever heard say this, but like the external validation actually pushed you into the internal because I think it's a lot of us feel guilt when we like get stimulated or get inspired by external validation. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, what you're doing with like big clit energy is a form of external validation for all of us who are vagina owners who have never felt like we can own that energy or that we can like be sexual beings. Like to this day, I find it as a mom, even people are like, wait, how can you like talk about sex and sex toys? I'm like, do you know how I became a mother? Do I need to explain that to you? Like it is, it's so wild how like the erasure of sexuality from women and then men boast about it so openly. So what you're doing is actually taking the validation that you received and you're pushing it out and like sharing it with others. It's really fascinating because I find external validation really addictive, right? I'm also somebody who can kind of get content people. Yeah. And I'm but it's good to get that validation and internal too, right? Like it, it can shift. I think both are totally important because like, okay, so I think that it's kind of bullshit when people are like, yeah, you should never seek external validation ever. Like, da, da, da. And I'm like, okay, cool. That's all nice and dandy. And like, I understand the principle of it where you shouldn't mm-hmm. base your self-worth off of only external validation. However, if like, okay, for, like I'm a comedian, right? Like if yeah. I went my whole life with nobody laughing at my jokes, I wouldn't be like, yeah, but like all that matters is that I'm funny to myself. Like, sorry, like that's just not, like, no. It has to work, right? Like it has to connect yeah. in some way. And yeah. when you get validated in that connection and whether it's through humor or through different types of content creating, it's also a different, it's a different world when you are a creator because this is part of your business structure. It doesn't work if people aren't connecting to it and they're not getting involved, right? Like I sometimes find creators who just like, stopped, stopped. Yeah. <laughs> like all of a sudden it's like you, they post like once a month and there's like a thousand likes on it. And it's like not to poo poo on like what they're doing. Like they're allowed to live their lives the way they are, but like, you can tell they checked out at some point and it's hard to not let the external validation drive you into like what you're doing, because I think that would like be a creative killer. But at the same time, recognizing that like, that's a bit of a win when I always bring up Taylor Swift. Cause I think it's just fascinating how many number one hits she has, but like when she writes a number one song, she doesn't just like go away into the dust. She writes another one. Like it, like she is very under, but like that doesn't give her the tools to write a new song. It just gives her that. Okay. I got something right here. It's connecting with people. I got to go do something different and do something again. So we can't do the same thing over and over. You can't every single day sing big clit energy, although it would be really good for women everywhere, (laughs) but it is, it is such a good, it's such a good point to have where like that validation can be actually really important too, right? Like it is a way of how you're connecting with people. I think that's important. No, no, exactly. And like, and I think in general, like if you just say something that's true and genuine, like I think in general, that's always been my brain is just like, you know, the, the, tr- cause like, I, I know Gary Vee says this all the time, but he says like the way that he is. And I actually really relate to it. It's just like, Oh, it's just how I breathe. You know, people ask me like where I get the confidence to be so genuine and real all the time. And I'm like, I literally couldn't exist any other way because mm-hmm. I was, in a, I was, I felt like I was in a system for so long where I was just constantly suppressing myself in order to fit into the environment. So for example, like my whole persona and shit, like, you know, of course I was still this person when I was, you know, at Berkeley, at Google, at Yahoo, but I couldn't, and every time I let a little bit of it leak out, I was just like punished so severely for it. And now it's like this thing where I'm actually being 
rewarded for my creativity entertainment and so like my brain is still is still catching up to that no but like but I love like you know now I actually okay so uh Pornhub every year they come out with this like Pornhub year in review where they publish their stats and I this actually made me feel kind of optimistic for the future but in their 2021 report that they released at the searching for like women getting eaten out like women orgasming women's pleasure like by men was actually higher like there was a significant increase like wow no no it's 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 actually amazing where it's like oh literally it showed in like because before you know when we were growing up all porn was just like men fucking women all that men's pleasure and now I do I do think that like the like women orgasming and women receiving pleasure is becoming like finally thank god is become it's finally becoming a more popular thing that's actually showing important results which i think is like legitimate i'm like yeah that's what people are like really you know thinking that's what they're doing talk to me a little bit about what is maybe been some because i like to ask people anybody especially who's like come i've been doing like creator stuff for almost 15 years so I've come through so many different realms of it and there's like so much amazing stuff. And then there's like tough spots too. But what would you say were like some surprising elements in being a full-time creator and maybe some challenges that you didn't really expect? Oh my God. I, I actually think about this all the time. I think the one thing that I wish that I had known prior to like, to, to like becoming, you know, a micro celebrity or having like millions of people know who you are suddenly mm-hmm. who you are online was I, I guess I just didn't realize that so much of my, of, of like fan interaction was just going to be people asking me for shit all the time. Like, like it's, it's so interesting. Right. Cause I think, and I am really grateful for what the, what content creation has done for my confidence because like, like, okay. I didn't realize that, you know, when you be, when you have like a following or whatever that suddenly everybody and their mother feels entitled to you because they feel like they know you because you're accessible to them on your phone and then and then and I'm sure you've had this too where like people weird people from your past are sort of like hey like I know you've been in that but like maybe you can like do a post for me about this and so it's like when it was like first happening like and, and this is really just like me like you know growing in my confidence uh you know at first I was like oh well what you know because I was not a confident person like I didn't realize that my content was actually good you know I just was doing that woman thing where you make up excuses you know when like a woman doesn't feel like confident or beautiful in her own body so when people do tell her that or when like people are attracted to her she's just like oh well you know there was probably something wrong with them like didn't you just like explain it away and so like, you know, in the beginning, when everyone was like, oh my God, you're so this. And then, and, and like different people were like, you know, like validating me. I was just like, oh, like, for example, like, I think like four months into content creation, I love Chelsea Handler. She reposted me on her Instagram and I like Whoa. freaked the fuck out. And it was like four months and I was like, holy shit. And then the next month, the Jonas Brothers reposted me and, then <gasps> and I was just like, what is happening? And now, and before I was like, oh my God, like how kind of them to, to bestow a little bit of clout onto me, a lose. And then, but then as I met more, like, you know, celebrities that I have, you know, not just to look, they're a celebrity, but it's like, oh no, like, I really love your work. Like I'm a a huge fan of you. Like the other day I was hanging out with Hannibal Burris and I was like, wait, like you fuck with me. Like your standup has made me laugh so hard. My entire life has like cured my depression. And so, and so I, I think that in the beginning I was still like, what? Like, but aren't, don't people see me as that weird gross loser from Google. And then like, as I kept doing this and like it just really was like a boot camp I think in terms of confidence but I think only confident people really make it through the 
the the downs of content creation because mm-hmm. obviously you know anytime a woman does anything you just get so much hate for it and especially yeah. with the kind of content I do which is like quote unquote controversial even though it's not controversial it's just like edgy or whatever and, and yeah. I think like 50 years from now hopefully it's like oh yeah she was doing she was doing that but, she's the founder of big clit energy remember her <laughs> yeah exactly and I think like you know being if you're a content creator for long enough it actually just like I can't even imagine how you wouldn't be confident after going through like, like how else could you push through so many hate comments so many people's opinions so many like I remember more like my first six months of content creation I would read every message read every comment and I would get so worked up about like stupid little shit and then I think at some point you uh, or for for some people who who make it like I think you develop and you develop this like armor and we're like I've just gotten to this point where I have literally heard everything that someone could possibly say about me. And now I'm at the point where I'm like, actually, I, yeah, I don't care about anyone's opinion or at least, or definitely not yours. Like, if, you know, if you have time to sit on your phone and leave a hate comment, I'm like, yeah, okay. Your opinion is. So I kind of just started rambling. I don't even know if I answered the original question. No, but- I would just ask like what some of your surprises and challenges were. And I think you answered that perfectly. Cause I, I think too, like so much, like I, I, it's almost like I didn't even realize how not confident I actually was until I started going. Cause you know, I had always, you know, your self-perception of yourself isn't always accurate. Like, you know, I, I wasn't walking around being like, I don't like my body. I don't believe in my jokes. And then, but that's how you were living essentially Yeah, until now. Yeah. And then, and then I would like, you know, like take that shit really, I'd like, I'd be like, oh my God, this like flop, that means I'm a bad comedian or, or, or whatever. And now I'm like, uh, like, I feel like I have like the real life evidence that I can draw upon whenever I need a confidence because of like, no, like, no, no, no. Like I am a good writer. Like I got the sauce, but I think for, for people like this, it does like, it, it is a challenge of your confidence and your self-worth, right? Like mm-hmm. you have to mentally become such a like, strong person who can talk to themselves more than they listen you know you you have to like say all this shit to yourself in your head do not go fucking crazy with you know all the different types of stimulation because you know so many people are just trying to give us their opinions about us every day and you know people are in on their close friends for other content creators they're always just sort of like hey remember guys like your numbers don't define you like and it's like yes but like you have to tell yourself that in a way that's like believable so I think content creation really like puts you through this confidence boot camp and I really do believe that confidence is the root of, at least for me, is like the root of all happiness, like confidence Mm -hmm. and liberation, you know, for someone who's grown up in the fucking system or whatever. And like, I've personally found the most happiness when I just feel like confident, liberated, when I feel like I'm doing everything out of desire, not out of fear. Like, I think so much of the patriarchy just instills this idea that you should be acting out of fear. And in a lot of cases for like physical safety, like, yes, that's true. But then, but then for things where it's like, achieving your dreams and speaking up in meetings. It's like, Oh, that's not true. Yeah. And I also think like to the numbers point, like it is hard. I almost have to like not look at them for myself because I went through such massive growth for like on Instagram and then it, you know, it stabilizes and stable should not be a bad thing. But like, there was part of me that was like, Oh my gosh, I'm doing something wrong. Cause I'm not going viral every day. Like, no, it's just how the, how the world works. Like you can't go viral every day. But and then like last week, like, I like, right. Yeah. Like, think about every celebrity, like, they're not viral all the fucking time. They're like, not, I know. Natural. 
they like disappear into the abyss and then they come back with like new work. And like, that's how it has to be sometimes. Right. And, and I forget that. And, but like, even in cases of like speaking out on like your morals, like I talked about Roe v. Wade, even as a Canadian, I was like, this is still, you know, something I want to talk about. And I watched like a plunge happen. And I was like, this is where numbers matter because it is so important that you still show up with your authenticity at the risk of your business and at the risk of yourself, not like maybe to the full scale, but like knowing that you are creating environments that work for you too. It can't just be for everybody else. It can't just be an environment that works for every single individual person, which means it's working for nobody. If it's always working for everybody else, especially you. And that's like a fake message that I think patriarchal society like pushes on people. So I think I experienced the most of it in like you know, in a corporate setting, right? So like at Google or in just any job, they would just be like, how can we take these two diametrically opposed concepts and make them like, you know, they're always just like, so how can we make this experience, you know, really good for a new audience that doesn't know what the fuck is going on, but also make it extremely niche and targeted for our loyal fans of 10 years. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think, you know, that's like saying, it's like, how can I, that would be like me being like, how can I appease, you know, the young girls who look up to me for confidence and also appease the disgusting men who jerk off to my videos? It's like, uh, like, um, yes. like, you know, for the men that follow me, it's like more women than men follow me but for the men that follow me. Like literally so many of them are just like jerking off to my videos or just like, she's an Asian girl doing sex content. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like this isn't for, like, I don't give a shit. And then because they're stupid, they think that I'm doing sex content for them because men always think that everything Everything's women love, for them. that like everything that women do is for them. Right. Um, and then like, women will perpetuate. Shouldn't you be stopping? Cause men are doing this to your stuff. Like I find that so much too. Like I'll talk about one thing and then they're like, well, what does your husband think? And are you worried about what men are thinking about? I'm like, I'm not here for that. Like, that's not what I'm here for. I'm, I'm not here. Men are thinking. I'm no. sorry. I'm like, do I worry about what I don't worry about what animals are thinking. I don't worry about what men are thinking. I don't worry about like whether or not the, this, thing is sentient like I literally I'm like huh like because like oh I saw this really funny meme that was just like how do I stop having a crush on a guy it's just like just listen to him speak for like five minutes uninterrupted like <laughs> ask him about social issues you know just like let's just listen to him talk and you're like okay like oh my gosh crush, I'm convinced I'm like sorry if you're a straight woman like a like a crush is just someone you don't know that well like they have <laughs> not exposed themselves to you yet as an idiot my husband like got me because he's just like he he pulled a magic trick like a hilarious magic trick and everything is always hilarious in his world so I'm just like damn it a funny guy who does magic tricks at dinner like I'm toast gotta marry him married him and to this day I'm like he but genuinely like you're right though like we actually have to listen to like what the men in our world are saying and doing like not just like taking them as like oh my gosh a boy who wants to be with me because that was my entire dating history for the longest time and I had like journal entries which would be like around like I'm just so glad they like me I hope I don't do anything to mess it up like I hope I'm not this like I was like 14 terrified of like my 14 year old boyfriend not liking me and like you watch as it changes when I get dumped and then I'm like, okay, clearly I have to like make some changes. I have to do is always about how am I behaving to better the men around me instead of like who earns their place here? Like my husband and I are together because he makes me laugh every day. And that's like the number one thing for me, right? Like he's somebody who is of value in my world. And I think like we, and especially like what you were saying in terms of like, 
being a content creator and being a woman, like everything is reduced to either being a joke or mm-hmm. like, not like a good joke, like yours, but like, it's not even real. It's like fake celebrity or you're doing it for like attention of men or you're doing mm-hmm. it. Like we minimize the things that women do, but like big dick energy versus big clit energy. People like think about the big dick energy and let's talk about like the Pete Davidson for a second. People like don't even question anymore. They're like, oh, he is just, look at, of course he's climbing the ranks. He's got the big dick energy. He just owns it. He doesn't give a shit, all that stuff. But if a woman does that, they're like, it's so, I don't know. You've probably heard it all. What are some of like the major things that people say about big clit energy? Like that you think like negative wise. Like, like, oh, like, this is so cringe. Like, mostly people are like, this is so cringe. Like, how could this is literally so cringe? Or people will be like, huh? But like, why would you want a big clip? Why would you want that? And I'm like, you're missing the point. You know, like, like, shouldn't it be like, you know, like tight pussy energy, like tight and wet pussy energy because it's still centered around a man and like my dick. Like, and I'm like, bro. <sighs> You're missing the point. The point is just like, it kind of sounds like big dick energy and it's like, like, yeah, sure. I could like go that, like, it was just for it to be catchy. But I think usually people are just like, oh, like she's cringe or like, oh, you're just trying to like say some sex thing to get attention, be provocative. You know, it's, it's very like, oh, it's a woman like making a sex joke just to get the attention of Like that's typically the yeah negativity around big clit energy or people will just, yeah, literally they're just like, she's so great. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, cool. Not for you. But I have to say like, as somebody who's a one time, somebody commented a comment about my nipples. So I was petty enough to take a copy and paste in a photo editing app and copy and paste my nipples all over my entire outfit and then post it because that's who I am as petty. But you're like, so you did big clay energy and this isn't necessarily a petty move, but it's like one that I relate with because you went for a song and then you went all the way to merch. So we're both wearing them right now. People can't necessarily see it. We're wearing hoodies that are actual like full vaginas with the clit on the hood. Men can't see this right now. Men can literally, if they cannot see this. Of course. It's camouflage. We're these disembodied heads. You went so hard on, on the whole thing though. And like, it's wild to me because was the hoodie that was the song or the hoodie, the moment that it like took off. You know, it, no, it's funny. Like I, so we made the song first. Cause like, okay. I just, had, cause I just had the idea and I was like, this would be funny. Like I want to make a song. And then, and, and typically like, I'm a huge, like so much of my humor is ultimately just wordplay. Like I just love wordplay. That's always been my strength. And so then, you know, I, so I posted the thing and then I think someone commented like as a joke, like, Oh, you should make clitoral hoodies. And I was like, wait, we totally should. And then, so it was so funny. So me and so my best friend, Anna designed these and we, and I was, and we were like going for the design. So the, the funnest part of the design was like, where do we put the clit? We were like, should it be like here? Or should it be like a mask that's like detachable? Because it's like, not necessarily, I guess, typically my, I guess my face is the urethra now. And then we, we kind of went through all these iterations and I was like, okay, so like what merch stores have like a detachable mask thing. And then and I remember uh, this, this uh, one of my friends who I was selling the idea to was just like, are you going to sell like foreskin hoodies too? Where it's like, where it's like, you know, uncircumcised, like you just like put the hood off and you're like a foreskin. And I was just sort of like, oh, you know, that could be interesting. And like the pockets are like balls. And it was funny. And then I started doing like, oh, I thought of this thing, big clit energy drinks. So like regular energy, give you big clit energy. So I'm like thinking about how to make that a real thing. I also, you know, like someone said that the like Clitulu was like the monster based on like 
Chitula. I don't know how to say the actual one. I don't there's even know some, what it is. Yeah, there's some like, it's it's like, there's just, long story short, there's some monster called Chitulu and like, there's just so many good like clitoral Like that'd be funny to have, you know, like, like we're all part of the clitorati. And what's great about the clitorati is that men can't find us. Like the government can't find us. Like there are just so many, <laughs> there, there, there's just so many jokes. It's like, where do you live? I live in the clitoral hood. Like, <laughs> and, and like, and I was thinking it'd be funny if like, if I, if I had like a clitoral house, right. Where it was like, you know, on the surface, it's just like the clit, but then the whole thing is actually underground. And so when people come in, they can be like, this is a lot bigger than I thought. And I'm just like, yeah, it's, it's actually a lot bigger when you go inside. Like you need to have like a launch party at some point and Google, like the, there's like an inflatable vagina that was used at a gynecology thing one time. And it's like how everyone entered into the building. Like you need to find something like that because I feel like that's the next stage. There's something inflatable on your lawn, I think, and painting your door. I think this is all making sense. No, absolutely. And like, and I also want to say like, like, I think if I, it, I wish that I could give everyone orgasms, not like, <laughs> I wish I could be like Oprah. Is and this like, how you're going to sign off the podcast? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, that is how I'm going to sign off the podcast. You know, I wish like, if I have, I wish I could give everyone orgasms. There's some <laughs> out there who haven't had an orgasm and I wish I could. And I think I got lucky with figuring out how like I orgasm, like I was just, mm. like, cause, and to be honest, like, like something I'm going to say is like, I'm not like a like, uh, I actually mostly orgasm through penetration. It's like this like specific thing that like involves all this shit. Like I, it's like a specific cocktail of things that needs to happen. Typically I'm like, okay, yeah. Like, and if God, and usually if guys can't do it, I'm just, just lay there. I'll just do it. And then like, I can do it. They like lay there or whatever. Oh, yeah. quick funny thing. I love the look. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, thankfully I don't run into these situations anymore, but in the past and like my early twenties, when I was like, you know, hooking up with, I mean, I'm still hooking up with guys now, but like when I would hook up with guys, like so many guys would just like, they're like, they don't try to make you come. They just come first and they don't try to make you come. And usually girls don't say anything. I like, I can proudly say I've never faked an orgasm. And also, (gasps) but but also I'm just like, you should feel bad for not even trying. Like you should feel bad. And so every single time I've called out a guy on not trying to make me come, it's actually hilarious. They get so scared. They get like deer caught in headlights. They feel so like, oh my God. And like, usually got, and like, and like a lot of times they'll own up to it and they'll just, cause they know they fucked up. They'll just, and, cause, and they didn't think you were going to say anything. And they'll be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like, what do you want? Do you want me to leave? And I'm like, no, you need to eat my pussy until I fucking come. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I'm like, no, you need to fucking, you know, do, you have to do the fucking thing. Do the like, work. Yeah, I'm just like, we're not leaving. You have, you're not leaving this room. It's like, okay. Like, I'm just fucking kidding me. So I'm, I always tell girls, I'm like, if they don't just call them out, it's like amazing to see the look on their face. Cause, and then, or guys will get, will make up like the stupidest excuse where they're like, oh my God, I have trauma from a middle school relationship that therefore, like, I don't really did it. And I'm like, okay, that's bullshit, Dominic. Like, you're- yeah, yeah. It also, like, I think it takes so much time. And like you said earlier, like the unlearning that like women are just as deserving of pleasure. Like, we are so ingrained that we, are meant and designed to please men that it's really even hard. Like I'm 37 and I still have this like little awkward moment sometimes where I'm like, Oh, I need you a little bit of something. By the way. You look amazing. Thank you. Skin I appreciate it. I like, Oh my God. Like your skin is amazing. I was like, I did not know you're 37 at all. <laughs> Thanks. Well, it would explain having teenagers, but yeah, I, I was just like, no, no. At first I was like, she like a really young, like, I was just like, I don't understand. No, I know I have, I literally, so I got married at 19. So I didn't learn a lot. I didn't even see my own. This is like such an important thing for people to realize. I didn't even see my own vagina until after I gave birth. 
because I had to take a mirror to see how I was healing. So I didn't even know what it looked like until after I had already given birth. I had no idea. I think that's part of why I'm so passionate about that's talking about these things I now. I was until I was 20. The asshole is still one that I don't care to see. I do, <laughs> I've seen it. I've seen it. I don't care to see it. I remember the first time I saw it and I immediately bought like asshole bleach because I was like, clearly this is my path. Like something's <laughs> wrong with me. I've never seen it. how low it was. Like I, I had this meme. I had this That they were like really close. Um, no, no, no. I guess for some reason, I like in my mind, it makes sense that the asshole would be in the center of the cheeks, just like geometrically, like, mm. like, um, I mean, it was not based off of anything. And then, I mean, then I started this meme a while ago where I started, I, I was trying to start this meme. I was like, guys, don't you think the asshole should be in the center of the cheeks? And then I made all these memes and people are like, huh? And I was like, okay, fuck it. It's, it's not like, <laughs> But yeah, so you saw your own vagina when you gave birth for the first time. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. This is why I'm so passionate about people normalizing vaginas so that they're not weird about it. And maybe because I like don't want to raise a generation that's like embarrassed and they so are like they are teenagers. But like I the more you normalize, like I just walked out in this hoodie in front of my 16 year old and she was like, is that what I think it is? I'm like, yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> like You don't realize like these like, that's what I mean when I say like what you're doing for people while in comedy and while in humor is like so liberating because I don't know many women who are just like owning that energy, owning their sexuality, owning what it is to like own a vagina. Like these are, these are huge stepping stones for people. I just love everything you're doing. I love everything. I think you're hilarious. And I think I love how like you really go there. One of my favorite TikToks of yours is when you were, you were joking about trending Asian hate. And it yeah. was like, cause somebody said that you were racist and you were, you were like saying something about it. And I was like, this is what I love about you is like, you're never avoiding these topics. You're like going in on them and making them somehow accessible to talk about and to like realize for a lot of people looking in. And I just think it's all very good. Where's everyone going to find you? And also where can they get a clitoral hoodie? Because maybe yeah. this is like how you're going to get like a little miniature like everyone's just going to, you're going to have to do a march at some point where everyone wears their little clitoral hoodies. That'd be oh my amazing. God. Yeah. I was thinking it'd be so amazing to have a clitorati march where we all march in our hoodies. Like I think especially now. So good. Especially yeah. now. But yeah. Yeah. But people can find me. So I am at Chunky's Dead everywhere on TikTok, Instagram, uh, YouTube, Spotify also. If you want to get a clitoral hoodie there in the link in my bio on all my socials, it's also at melissa-ong.com slash ongang. You'll also find my other merch there, which include cum towels and cum socks, uh, which, you know, just, just a different part of the equation. Like... It, like, it's so funny, like, whenever I hook up with a guy and they, like, you know, I came up with this thing a while ago called, like, Come Target, where it's just, because, you know, they're like, where do you want me to come? And I'm like, I don't know, on this bullseye, like, five <laughs> like, you know, men are like, where do you want But anyway, but yeah, yeah, sex positivity, I think everything should be joked about, because I also think that people have more of an appetite to listen to things when they're funny, right? Like, uh, like no one's like, you know what? I'm going to tune into this really great discussion today. Like, you know, like so few people are, are, are going to do that. You're reaching more people who are maybe ignoring that content anyways, right? Like if people who don't want to hear lectures about stuff aren't, but they might tune into jokes that sort of bring it all together anyhow. Yeah, but no, but like, first of all, I just want to say thank you so much for having me on the mm -hmm. podcast. And like, it was so amazing to just be here, shoot the shit with you and talk about my fucking favorite thing ever, which is female empowerment. Like I am like literally that 
mom friend in my group that's like always lecturing people where they're like you know all my like my like my my friends will go on a date and, I, and they're like what if they don't like me I'm like what if you don't like them so anyway yeah <laughs> that everywhere and I'm no I'm super excited for this episode to come out and me too yeah, thank you again so much for having me no thank you so much thank you for your energy thanks for everything you're doing and for everyone listening I'll have everything for the show notes for you and uh we'll see you next week Thank you so much for listening all the way through this episode. If you've made it this far, I have one more little thing to share with you. Did you know that I actually have a photo and video editing app? So many people were surprised to hear that I have one, but it's actually been around for a little while and you can join over 200,000 of the Papaya community by downloading my free app, Pink Papaya on iOS. While so many apps focus on changing your appearance, Pink Papaya is all about celebrating yourself for exactly who you are and expressing your creativity and your storytelling with nearly 50 free filters and tools. Find us on social and share your edits as well. We might just share them too. So tag me as well at Pink Papaya app. Just had to share that with you, especially as the springtime's coming. We've got some really cool things happening in there and so much more coming. Check it out at Pink Papaya app. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day. Well, friends, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to today's episode. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes or find us on Instagram at the Papaya Podcast. And if you loved what you just listened to or know somebody who would, please share it. Simply screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it to your Instagram stories. And don't forget to tag us. Last but not least, if you'd like to lend your personal support to the podcast, take a moment and leave a review on iTunes. We would be oh so grateful. Tune in next week for a fresh new episode of the Papaya Podcast, and we'll see you then.